Today's recap of the Blood versus Water season premiere with Kim Spradlin is brought to you by Squarespace, the all-in-one platform that makes it fast and easy to create professional websites, blogs, portfolios, or online stores. Get a free trial and 20% off your first purchase on new accounts when you go to squarespace.com and use the offer code RHAP9. Coming to you live from my apartment, it's Rob Has a Podcast. And now, here's the guy who's never in, even when he has five with nine, Rob Sesternino. Hello, everybody, and welcome, welcome, welcome back. Yes, it is Survivor, Blood vs. Water, episode number one, premiere is in the books, and we have got a great show to kick off another season of Rob Has a Podcast. So happy 400th episode of Survivor to everybody, and happy, boy, what is this, the the eighth season of Rob Has a Podcast? We started doing this back on Survivor Heroes vs. Villains. Uh, amazingly, this is the second season of Survivor that we've podcasted about that has Candace and Rupert on it. But boy, this is going to be a very fun season. Lots of fun along the way. We've got a really great guest today. Kim Spradlin from Survivor One World is going to join us. Three of her former castmates are on this season. It's going to be a lot of fun talking to Kim. Always appreciate it when I get to talk to her. It's been a very crazy last 24 hours over here with the Survivor premiere and the Big Brother finale on the same night. It's basically like the equivalent for me of having like the Super Bowl on the same day as opening day of the baseball season, which is just a total mess for me. I've been just sort of like sitting in this chair for pretty much the last 24 hours nonstop. That being said, it has been a lot of fun. Wednesday, it turns out, on RobAsAWebsite.com was the biggest day that we've ever had. We broke the old record for most uh, traffic in one day. I think we might break it again today. So very excited, but it's a little all over the place. So thank you guys uh, very much for uh, bearing with me as I'm getting all this content out. As I mentioned earlier, so the Big Brother finale was on Wednesday night. I did my live recap of the Big Brother finale, and then I had interviews with the Big Brother final three, which I thought actually came out really well. You could check out my interviews with Andy Spencer and Gina Marie on robhasawebsite.com. Then this morning, I spoke with Stephen Fishback and did our Survivor Know-It-Alls podcast live today. It was a special time on Thursday. Then next Wednesday, we'll be back on the night of Survivor on Wednesday nights, and we're going to be a little bit later on Wednesday. So it's going to be at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific, if you want to watch Stephen and I live every week. And lots of fun to get back together with Stephen and do another Survivor Know-It-All. So make sure you're locked in for Rob as a podcast for the season. Go to robasawebsite.com slash iTunes to subscribe on iTunes. We're also available on SoundCloud now, which is new for this season. If you go to robasawebsite.com slash SoundCloud. And if you only care about Survivor, uh, which hurts my feelings a little bit, but that's the case with a lot of people, you can go to robaswebsite.com slash Survivor Podcast and subscribe to just our Survivor shows in iTunes. For those of you guys who haven't been with us over the last couple of months, the lovely 
Nicole Sesternino is very, very pregnant right now and could go into labor at any moment. So what I've been saying with all of our shows upcoming in the next couple of weeks is we're just going to keep scheduling them. And then at some point, I'm not going to be around for a little bit. And we're going to welcome baby Sesternino into the world. And I think that what we're going to try to do is try to keep for as much as possible, keep the podcast coming. But I hope you guys can understand at some point we may have a uh, a short hiatus, but we'll try to do as much as we can and maybe see if we can get some fill-in hosts for me as we are getting set for a permanent loved ones visit over here. And one other thing that's pretty cool that we're doing right now, we have an official Rob Has a Podcast t-shirt that just came out that we're doing. It's a limited run that we're doing of this that was designed by Eric Reichenbach. If you remember last season on Survivor Karamoan, when Eric designed the tribe flag for the returning players, Eric did that same sort of design, his sort of which is his style, that he did that for a t-shirt, uh, which we are doing to do a, a fundraiser for the fall season of Rob Has a Podcast. So if you are interested in something like that, you want to check it out, what Eric is up to, check out this design, robhasawebsite.com slash t-shirt. It's $16 if you're in the United States. And so it's not that much money to get a t-shirt. We get some money for supporting the podcast. And what we're doing is because everybody is always very supportive of the show, we're going to give $1 for every t-shirt we sell to Autism Speaks, which is a charity that is very important to Nicole and I. So if you want to check that out, robhasawebsite.com slash t-shirt. And because it's a little expensive to ship to Canada and the other countries, I made up a second t-shirt, which is going to be cheaper to ship to Canada and other countries. If you go to robhasawebsite.com slash t-shirt Canada, no hyphens in either one, either t-shirt, robhasawebsite.com slash t-shirt Canada, you can get that for, it's a pretty reasonable price to ship that to Canada. So before we jump into the interview with Kim, I just wanted to give you guys a heads up to something new I want to try this season. Wherever I can, I'd like to try to do video interviews with the Survivor players. So I've been doing them pretty much all for the last couple seasons on Big Brother, whenever we have a Big Brother people on. So whenever it's possible, I'm going to try to talk to the Survivors on video. So for these parts of the podcast, which are going to be the interviews, I'm going to try and, and I'll let you know whenever I will, have the video of the interview. So today we are very lucky. Kim is going to be joining us on video. So if you want to watch the video of this interview with Kim, you could see it on my YouTube channel, which is at robhaswebsite.com slash YouTube. All right, everybody, let's get to our guests today. There was no better guest I could think of to start off the Survivor Blood versus Water season than this woman. She is the winner of Survivor One World and also has played Survivor with three of the contestants from this season. Uh, let's welcome in Kim Spradlin. Yeah, thank you. That's a big compliment. Yeah, well, Kim. I'm glad you think I'll be good. I'm not so sure. I think so. Now, Kim, this is like a big spot for you here because right now I have an opening here where we have two of the uncontested Rob has a podcast Mount Rushmore members right now on this current season in Addis and Tyson. And I feel like there's an opening right right here for you to sneak in as a wow. Rob as a podcast Mount Rushmore guest. Well, that would be an incredible honor. I've never I didn't know a female could be on Mount Rushmore. So just <laughs> even being considered. No, you know away. what it is. I I think people think sometimes that it's like oh you know Rob uh you know yeah, Rob Rob is, and the boys. 
Yeah, it's a boys' club. But you know what? Honestly, I find that there are not that many women out there who will sit here and ramble on and on. That it seems like the people who tend to it's a little boring. Yeah, dude, it's a little boring, right? That it's like not a, to me. There's not a lot of women who are who want to sit here for an hour and pick apart a TV show or any of the other nonsense that I talk about. Well, I'm in if you ever need anyone to sit there for an hour. Okay, well, that's good. You're, you're very kind, Kim. I appreciate it. First off, before we get to Survivor, how are you doing? We know that uh, much like Nicole, you are also expecting a, your own bundle of joy. Yes, pregnant, but not that pregnant. And no. when I see pictures that you put up like on Instagram, it kind of it freaks me out a little bit, to be honest, because I'm not just alone. not there yet. Like I'm not that pregnant, so I can't even imagine. Yep. But we're so, thinking lots of good books. Good, good, good. Yeah, we are just about ready to, ready to go. Nicole, I'm, I'm waiting for Nicole. If I hear Nicole screaming from downstairs, then I will know that uh, we may need to stop prematurely and go ahead and take Nicole to the hospital. You just go and I'll wrap it up. Oh, that's fan- that would be fantastic. That would be great to know. All right. So, uh, and and everything is good. You're, um, that I'm trying to, the last time I talked to you, was at the reality rally had were you married yet was that were you just uh yeah Yeah. married right like a month before reality rally and then i got pregnant the next month and so now i'm selling the store we bought a house we're fixing it up and then two weeks ago i started hosting on our morning show here in san antonio so that's been really funny because Every day I do something really stupid that's like horrifically embarrassing and we play it over and over and over at night and my husband and my sister make fun of me. So, Oh my God, what such a cliche your life has become. You yeah, ma- <laughs> Married, pregnant, hosting a morning show, that old story. <laughs> oh gosh. Oh, Kim, I didn't know this <laughs> no, about the morning show. you put show. it like that. Yes, <laughs> I, I didn't know this about you. That's fantastic news. Well, I, didn't, I didn't either. <laughs> <laughs> you, you didn't know you were hosting the morning show? It's come as a surprise to me. Uh, oh. Just two days ago, I sat next to a guy and said, and we all know this man right here, Martin, and his name was Marvin. So that was good. Oh, okay. And and you're live, right? You can't go back and take oh, that yeah. out. No, yeah. for sure. Yeah. Well, Lots I, of blank stairs. I save a lot of mistakes with the editing on the podcast. All right. So, Kim, l- let's get into this Survivor Blood versus Water. First off, do you like this format of Survivor? As far as like the idea, the concept for the season? Yeah. Do you like the idea of taking these yeah. people coming in with their loved ones? Yeah. You know, I think it, it makes it interesting. I feel like um, as a viewer, I didn't like seeing returning players, but as a player, I like seeing returning players. Um, I don't know why that is, but uh, the thing I do like about this is I feel like it brings this extra element of like emotions that, you know, even like episode one of a typical season, you see people that it doesn't go their way and they're mad and they're bummed out, but you don't see people crying like John was over the guilt of what happened with Candace. And so I like that it brings that extra little element. However, I do think there's some of the couples or the pairs that are like kind of seem like less attached or less, their connection is less intimate. And so they don't seem to care as much about each other. And I think that doesn't quite work, but yeah, it'll be interesting. Well, I'm glad you brought up uh, Candace and, uh, and Mr. Candace. Um, that decision I thought as a married person and as a female survivor player, if you were in that situation and God knows nobody would ever vote you out first, Kim, but (laughs) if you were found in that same position that Candace was in and all of a sudden these favorites have voted Candace out 
and now it's like, honey, do you want to go to Redemption Island well, or she should I? Like she didn't want to tell him to go, but she wanted it to be his idea. That's how I took it. So, yeah. and it was funny because at the time I looked, I was sitting next to Brian, my husband, and I said, would you, you would have taken my place. And he was like, no, I, I probably wouldn't have. I think you would have had a better shot at the challenges. Like I'm going to suck at the challenges. And I kind of feel like that was the card John was playing is like, she's strong. She'll be fine. But you know, I guess it just depends on what kind of a challenge it is. Yeah, I wouldn't think that Candace would necessarily be like a no. challenge dominator. Well, at... I don't think that was like a no-brainer. They kind of acted like she's strong, she's got this. Yeah. <laughs> do do you? I think, think he just wanted to stay. Do you think that uh, that John is has been sleeping on the couch since he came home from Survivor? I don't. Oh. You think that they've Do gotten you? over this? I don't know. I think that I, I think Candace is a tough customer. I think that I know if it was if if this was see, I, I see it's hard because I'm the, in in my marriage, I'm the survivor and my right. wife it would be the would be the loved one. And I kind of feel like if that if it was the other way around where um if Nicole was voted, it, it, it's, it's so complicated to even I think compare. it's the interesting thing of being like a strong athletic woman. And then you're married to a guy like he, John also seems strong and athletic as my husband is. But then my husband told me last night, you would have wanted me to stay. I know you would have. And I think that's just the perception sometimes when you come across like really confident is like, you don't, you don't get that damsel in distress rescue. Like, you know, some girls would typically. And I think it's also that it's day one. It's so complicated that you don't want to get into yeah. like the nationally televised. I don't know. What do you want to do? I don't know. Yeah. Like if, if this was like day 30, it'd be People. like, you're going. That's it. Yeah. You're going. Yeah. Like you don't care yeah. at that point. You had breakfast that morning. Well, the morning before. So I think that's going to be a very interesting. What, what about Rupert and, and his decision? Did you think that that was the right call that Rupert switched and with his wife? It was very melodramatic, but I mean, yeah, I think for him, it, it, the way they appeared more, to me, the impression I got was Rupert was more excited for Laura to be playing, and in Candace and John's version, John was more excited to be playing, and so I kind of feel like maybe that's more like a conversation that they've had prior to, you know, about which one is more excited to have the opportunity. I thought they did it all wrong because when they're getting, <laughs> well, they get, should have stayed, but he, yes. you know, there was, he never what even they thinking? They didn't even talk it out. He just went. Well, she was. He was like, "What do you want to do, honey?" And she was like, "Well, you know, I, I, I kind of like to play, so I guess yeah. uh, I'll stay there." Like but this he's is probably not going to do very well. No, <laughs> so no. <laughs> like this is the family feud. Like, all right, well, Laura, what do you you want to play or pass? Like, oh, I guess I'll play yeah. Survivor. Like, all right, Rupert. And Survivor's not a participation sport. What do you think <laughs> when the loved ones are all voting out Rupert's wife? Doesn't that mean that the survivors themselves said ahead of time, hey, if you get the chance, vote out Laura's wife first, or Rupert's wife first? I guess. I really, I, I don't know how all that works, not having ever returned. But obviously something's up. I mean, you got half writing down Candace, half writing down Laura, and then the other tribe, they all write down Laura. I think if it had been, you know, a true, you know, spontaneous reaction, you would have obviously had like a spattering of names for whomever people didn't like or thought was weak or whatever. So. Yeah. And the truth is, obvious. you know, people, there are names that leak, and I'm sure there's a lot of phone calls that go on ahead of time. But even even that, if we want to live in, like, the Pollyanna world where that doesn't go on, you're still on the plane with all these people, right? right. You're still, like, you know, 
you know what's what. And I found, and again, I this was a long time ago. I found that the in the first time I played um, on Survivor, the Amazon, they were very strict about everybody commingling before the game started. Right. And then on Survivor All Stars, it was really lax pregame. Uh, yeah, like, which bums me out to be honest. Like I think that I, that's maybe the thing I would have the hardest time with playing again. Like that just ruins it a little bit for me. Not that I wouldn't do it, but. That takes away all the whatever out of it for me. Yeah, it's definitely not the same. Not not that the first time around is the you know the most pure and organic yeah. experience you're ever going to have. But it, I, I mean, I only you know I'm not a three time or a four time like a like a not Rupert. Yet. But in the one experience that I had with the you know it, like with it was, when it was all stars, there's like ah, you guys already all know each other, whatever. Right. So yeah. So I don't know, and that especially was- yeah. So it's interesting. So let's talk about some of these one world people, Kim. I want to get your okay. your expert scouting report <laughs> on what on what we saw. Um, let's start with probably the person that you knew the best from your time out there. You spent the most time with Kat during your experience. Uh, we didn't see a ton from her last night. We see her with with uh, her boyfriend Hayden. Now, right. do you do you have a lot of experience with Hayden? Have you met Hayden? Yeah, yeah. I've spent quite a bit of time with Hayden. I mean, they came and stayed with us a weekend in San Antonio. So I've gotten to be around him. I think he's super savvy and smart and seems like, you know, really fun to be around. I would imagine that he would do well at this game before they started. Cat, I think. Um, do you want me to move on to Cat? Well, 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 let's talk about them. But let's talk about them both. Let's talk about. Do you want to say something about Hayden, Rob? Yes, I wanted to know. Did was it awkward? Did Cat feel like the third wheel as you, as the survivor winner, and Hayden as the Big Brother winner? Did you guys feel like there was a lot of stuff to talk about? As like, oh my God, when you win, it's like this and like that. Yeah, Cat loves to make comments like that. She's like, you guys already won a game, you know. So, (laughs) I think she thinks it's her turn. That's definitely the impression that I've gotten. Yeah, I've wondered about Kat this season. I wonder if there would be an overcompensation on Kat's part where Kat, yeah. you know, was had a great social game the first time you guys played, but then mm-hmm. she was a little naive to all the things that were going on. And I kind of get the sense from watching her in the pregame interviews that she really wants to come out and show like, "Oh, I'll show that I'll show everybody this time around how hard yeah. I'm going to play." I've got it figured out. I, I know. And I just keep sitting back and thinking the best thing Kat can be doing right now is just be Kat and relax and not try to strategize and like learn the lessons that she learned and tuck them away. But not my, my thing with Kat is I'm afraid she's going to try to teach people or like, you know, like give advice or just, she just, she says too much too often at the wrong time. And so I think the best thing she can do is just be naive and have fun and then, you know, take note of important things where maybe she didn't in the past. Yeah, I also worry about Kat in this particular format because I feel like when you guys played, it was the men versus the women, and it was really like a sorority that you guys had. Mm-hmm. And she was sort of like, you know, the wacky Finn. goofball of the group, right? <laughs> right. That you guys but what, were but accepted. Yes, but she was very much accepted by right. the group of of women who were together. I mean, you guys had a, a very tight group and she fit in really good. But in this tr- current tribe of the returning players with all of the women that are there, you've got Laura Moret, you've got mm-hmm. Tina Wesson, you've got Monica Culpepper, 
Um, and who's oh, and, and then Rupert's wife. You got. Right. I mean, these are all the. It's an older crowd, which I don't know necessarily is going to get yeah. the cat humor as much. Well, and Cat is is like a polarizing person, and she can be abrasive, and so you kind of either have to go with it and fi- you know get to know her and find the humor in what she's doing. But I do like I remember how incredibly like to the core irritated Nina and Monica were at her, you know, during our season. And so, and even Sabrina and Chelsea at times, you know, who are, you know, late twenties, early thirties. So I do, I have thought that same thing. Like, I don't know, this seems like a a very kind of like deep, intelligent, wise, older crowd. And I wonder if that's going to jive. Well, I remember (laughs) Nina Acosta from your season. And I remember when I think she was uh, off on the second episode, I remember interviewing her and she didn't have the greatest things in the world to say about, about cat. She didn't find the humor. (laughs) She did not see the humor, but I think this is an underreported story that Monica was also not a huge fan of the kitty cat. Well, and who's, I don't know how much of that was just her position in the game, you know, in the game because she was kind of with Nina or whatever. But she, you know, they just thought Kat was an abomination <laughs> to, <laughs> to womanhood. So, Oh, no. <laughs> I hope Kat will find her niche. <laughs> well, what did she do that, that Nina and Monica, she got on uh, their nerves? Yeah. Well, it's just, you know, she has this unique humor. It's not your typical thing. <laughs> you kind of just have to, like, stare with your mouth open sometimes. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. no. Um, so what what do you think? I mean, do you think that Kat will be able to get something going with these women? We also saw her fighting with Colton in the boat last night. Which was hilarious. <laughs> it was one of my favorite moments. <laughs> because, like... I feel like they're both so young and kind of like immature at times that neither one of them would talk like that to anyone else but each other. And so it's kind of has this like little brother and sister quality. And Kat was kind of trying to correct Colton and then he just snapped. And then, you know, it's like she was like, oh, hell no, he's not going to talk to me like that. (laughs) I don't know. I'm interested to watch that play out because the, the two of them have never really either so I don't see Kat fitting in with the women I think if Kat has a shot it's probably with some of the younger guys that can maybe appreciate her as you know a you know a unique part of their alliance right so did when Colton used to come over when you guys had the one world beach and he was like spending so much time with the women until you guys finally had to kick him out and say hey go go hang out with your own tribe uh did did Colton and Kat have any sort of friendship there was he one of the people that she was close with yeah I feel like they were okay on the show and I feel like afterwards I don't know what happened if they had a falling out at a charity event or something but at some point they really decided that they didn't like each other. So oh, I don't no. know what their, their friendship status was going into the game, but um, I don't know. Complicated, sounds like. Yeah. Very. So let's, let's talk about Colton. And okay. Colton, I thought, had a very good night last night. I thought it was a, a, very, a very good PR-friendly night for Colton. He did some... A lot of tears. Yes. He did some reformation with his image that we, we got to see yeah. a different side of Colton. We got to meet... Uh, Caleb, who seems like a a fine, cool. upstanding young man a, as totally. well, seems like a good influence on Colton. Have you ever met uh, Caleb? Yeah, I have. I met Caleb at the finale, and he's great. I mean, so down to earth, real nice, real friendly. I think he's fantastic. I I also thought it was a good night for Colton. I mean, my my husband and my sister were kind of laughing, and I was like, I think this is good. But you know, he took it a little far and cried a little too hard about, you know, needing Caleb that first night. And it was like there was a moment where it was kind of like, ah. 
But yeah, no, I, I thought it was good. And I was hoping he would come out like that. However, the previews for next week make me a little nervous. Yes. Well, it was a very strong night for Colton to start. But then it does look like next week uh, that the old Colton could be on on the way back. But maybe he's just one of those people that gets really upset when he doesn't eat for long periods of time. Maybe he gets he gets a little cranky. Super grumpy. Did you think that the tears from Colton? Did you think that that was all pure uh, emotion from the heart, or do you think that there was some strategy to Colton uh, being emotional with the group? This is on. I never know. I didn't know on my season. I always remember being like torn. I couldn't tell, you know, because part of me thinks he's being sincere. And then part of me wonders if he's, you know, playing it up just a bit. And because there's always something that comes across a hair insincere about all the, you know, poor me and, and I have the worst lot in life. And so I don't know. I mean, for the most part, when he started and was just telling his story about his actual background, I thought it seemed very sincere. But there was some part towards the end of that when he was actually crying um, that I, you know, you can't help but wonder just because he is Colton and, um, I don't know. Is yeah. that mean? <laughs> I don't think it's mean. I think that I we're, talk- mean we're talking about somebody who has demonstrated honest. a high degree of strategic acumen in the past. Right. And I think that the best thing that Colton could do for his game is to come in and get people thinking, okay, he really has changed. He yes. really is different. And now I understand him, but I and do- the actual best thing he could do for his game is actually change and really be different <laughs> instead yeah. of come in and get people thinking that. But But I think there's two sides to the Colton coin. There is the, okay, there's the part of Colton that's, you know, tells Bill Posley, why don't you go kill yourself? And, uh, you know, I have a a black cleaning lady or, you know, all all these things. And I kind of feel like that, I don't think that that's going to come up again. But I do think that he has a, like, a hair trigger in this game. And I, I think that there's something about survivor that brings out like a really nasty side of him. And I do think that that will come back up to surface. Definitely. And he's a real guy. He's a nice guy. You can carry on a great conversation with him, but there is even in real life, he has that little edge to his personality where when something doesn't go his way, he gets really upset and says some really awful things. So I think, yeah, well, Survivor brings that out in everyone. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's going to be fun. Do you think yeah. that Do you think that Colton is set up well here with this group? Gosh, I don't know. I really can't. It, I think it just depends on what he does. I mean, you know, the, again, the preview next week, I'm like, oh, gosh. But I think had he had he really gone in and but his whole, you know, I'm not going to do any work. And do you want me to do anything like I just I don't know how far that can take you when you have such a strong personality and then you're not really contributing anything. Because I do just think he has this tendency to like stir crap up. <laughs> you know, it's like he does. He doesn't let things lie. And so I, I, I don't I can't imagine Colton doing well at this game at this point, knowing oh, no. what I know about him. Oh, no. Uh, I want to see him go far. I really, really do. Yeah. I'd love to see him. Even if I he's becomes the, last night. Yeah, even if he becomes the big villain. Uh, I do think that for Colton's strategy, I would, I would take off the shawl over the shoulders. I think that's a bit off-putting for people. Yes, I think that's a, a little bit. I think that's sort of spe- it's like too hot. That's the main thing. I mean, it's he doesn't it, need it. Yeah, it's hot. It's a bit fancy, and I think it okay. also just speaks to people like, hey, I'm not going to get my hands dirty. Right. I have, you know, I I don't want to ruin I this don't want look. My shawl to get you know knocked to the side. Yeah, yeah. I think that that's not <laughs> the look you want to go for on I hear Survivor. You. 
I mean, in real life, whatever you want to wear. I just think that it's a little off-putting for the other people like that are in, that are in the group. I'm gonna remember that if I go back on because that was that was one of the things I was considering. Oh, the shawl. <laughs> the that's, shawl. That's you. Yeah. You're gonna you're gonna adopt Colton's signature look. Well, yeah, just a little preppy. <laughs> It's a little preppy. Right. That's right. All right. And how about Monica Culpepper, who I honestly, I feel like I don't know a lot about Monica Mm -hmm. Culpepper. Now, you played with her. uh, Then you guys got switched up during the switch on your season, and then she went off with Colton. But could you give us a bit of a scouting report about Monica? All we know about her really was that she was good in the challenges, but she wasn't in with the younger women on your Mm -hmm. season. I feel like from like just what I know from playing with Monica – and I think the the thing that she could do to change her game is she is she tends to try to kind of I don't know it's not even a mothering thing it's more just like she thinks she knows the way uh, and she kind of just tends to like it's not it's almost bossy slash controlling just slash maybe just trying too hard and so I think if she would just relax and not and listen to people like she's not a great listener because I feel like she's always wanting to tell you her vantage point or her side of the story so I think if she could just kind of become more of like an observer and a listener and just be super genuine and you know not talk 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 so much um, I think she could do really well because she has a, a great person that I mean, she's a really kind helpful hardworking person um I just remember her being like a tad bit overbearing at times. I feel like the narrative on your season early on was that it was, oh, Monica is so strong in the challenges. What are we doing keeping Kat around because we could bring in bring in Monica and she would help us. And I remember you and Chelsea having a conversation. And I feel like, was it Chelsea wanted to keep Monica? And were you the one that was like, ah, let's just stick with what we have with the five? Yeah. <laughs> yes. All right. That was me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I, I, I would assume it's for the same the same reasons that you previously mentioned. Yeah. Well, I mean that, and you know, it was just a, a, a stick with what you've got. I knew I had a, a super tight final three with Kat and Alicia at that point, so that was playing into that. But yeah, like Monica was a little bit of a loose cannon. Like then you would just see her off like with, you know, somebody else kind of and it just she was working it. She was just trying too hard. So if I could tell her anything, it would just be relax, relax. Yeah, chill out. Now, were you surprised that she, you know, in all of her pregame interviews, she's talking about cult in this, cult in that. And then I then I saw I think it was on the TV Guide Network uh, thing. She was like they asked her somebody asked her. Um, hey, would you work with Colton again? Or maybe it was Dalton Ross. Would you work with Colton again? She was like, well, I, uh, uh, the devil, you, if, or she said, if the devil's playing this game, I'm going to, I'm going to work with him rather than go against him. Like what? Really? I know. Yeah. Well, and that just their whole thing last night where she was so quick to say, can I really trust you again? It's like, why are we even having this conversation? Like, right. you know, and like her questions to herself, like, it's Colton and he is trustworthy. I mean, is he trustworthy or is he just being Colton? And it's like, I don't know. I just, it, that surprised me, like her willingness to hug and comfort and, but maybe that's her playing the game. Right. But it, it, she didn't end it like, uh, like with, is he just playing the game? Like, I don't know, but I don't trust him. Like she seemed like she's buying into Colton 2.0. <laughs> yeah. Which she's I think about trusting him again. I can tell. It's gotta be a questionable decision, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but that's yeah. I just feel like Monica is such a, like a forgiving. You know, she likes for things to be mended, and so I think that makes sense that she would go and try to like you know make up with them. 
How about Not Brad Culpepper? Have you ever met Brad Culpepper or as Jeff Probst calls him, Culpepper? Culpepper. I met him at the finale. Yeah, he's, well, give us give a, us your scouting report. Intense, he's an intense guy. Yeah, he is. Yeah. yeah he he told me the the only thing I, the only conversation I ever had with Brad Culpepper is he told me I should have given the hundred thousand dollars that I won from fan favorites to Chelsea. That would have been the only the right thing to do. <laughs> oh, that, well, that's very big of him. It was like good <laughs> to meet you. <laughs> yeah. So but, uh, yeah, the, he's that, funny. Yeah, he should have been on Survivor One World. They could have used him with the uh, the roosters. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He would have been perfect for that. He no, he's really funny. I thought his little, you know, where he thought he slipped up at the beginning uh, because he said that he would potentially be tempted to, you know, allow Monica to win so that she could get a reward. And then, you know, like made he was so upset about that and he knew that he had said the wrong thing and went and made this big formal apology to everyone. And I just kind of think like. Those are the things that you tend to blow out of proportion in your mind. You overthink it. Like yeah. the best thing he probably could have done is just not ever said another <laughs> word about it. And maybe two people picked up on that. But now it's like everybody's kind of like, oh, wow, that was a big deal. <laughs> so, I know. You're absolutely right. I wrote that down in my yeah. in my notes from the episode. Like uh, Brad only makes it worse by clearing up his comment. Yeah. It was like I mean, nobody. You go to formally address the tribe and make an apology and explain yourself. <laughs> even the people that weren't smart enough to pick up on the fact that that maybe wasn't great are now like. Oh man! This yeah, that guy. wasn't a big deal, but he like called attention to it. So, do you like what he's doing here with getting? Is, is this taking a page out of the Kim Spradlin playbook? Day one, get five people together, same sex, and then uh, run the table to the end. Maybe I don't. I mean, as a viewer, I don't like it. I'm like, oh, I hope that doesn't work out for him. But yeah, it does look looks familiar. <laughs> I do think the problem I feel like is he's kind of manhandling it. So as you can see, him talking to all these young guys, like they're being agreeable. But I don't necessarily feel like I, I feel like they're just kind of going with it to to keep things smooth for the time being. I don't feel this like thing where they've all bought in you know you've got Caleb kind of making some underhand comments and um and Mike is or John as well so I'll be surprised if that one stands the test of time the five-man alliance from blood versus water yeah I don't think it's going to stand the test of time (laughs) Um, I think this could go either one of two ways on day one you come out here and and you say all right here's the plan this is the five of us we're going to the end you know lock lock stock boom and so right. it could really either go the the way that it ended up going last night or it could go like that you're the first one voted out. Yeah, I think I think I know. <laughs> yeah. Um so and he did not seem to be crazy about the women on the tribe either. Uh yeah. Mr. Brad Culpepper. No, and I think they handled that well. I mean, obviously that didn't work out well for Marissa, but I mean, at that point for even specifically Rachel, whose name wasn't being brought up, I think I thought she played that really well because that was not the moment to say to the guys, hey, are you, what do you think about this Culpepper fellow? You know, is he a little too big for his britches? I think the thing to do would definitely be to wait until he kind of like, you know, digs his own grave and then you know, make mention that maybe he could go next instead of you. Cause I, I do feel like there's a more natural alliance amongst like Rachel and Katie and some of the other guys. Do you think that they made the right decision to vote out Marissa in that first tribal council? I mean, sure. It's hard to say at this point. She seemed like a smart, athletic, well-smoked, you know, well-smoking, well-smoking person. She was well-smoking. So, you know, I was a little sad to see her go. And it was just a bummer the way that happened. I think it'd be hard to not be frustrated at your uncle uh, after that. But, 
I don't know. I mean, I can't say who I would have rather seen gone. Yeah. Is that an awkward plane ride home if you get voted off of Survivor because your uncle had to trash talk your team? I think so. There's not, I mean, often I feel like there, I don't feel that way. Usually I'm like, oh, well, you know, you everybody makes mistakes. But there was something like kind of frustrating about that just because he's played before. He's older. He's supposed to be more mature. And she seems so young and eager. And it was like, right. I feel like he just killed her dream. You know? And he was so bad in the challenge. <laughs> That's what made it so funny. <laughs> <laughs> so bad I, mean, I did not think he was okay for a while i didn't think he was gonna make it yeah it looked like he wasn't gonna make it through the challenge well, alive talking that you know nine years later however long it's been he didn't 13 13 years didn't take a swim lesson in preparation for his re- big return i mean that shocks me yeah but maybe you guys didn't have swimming challenges maybe he could have been on survivor one world right he probably would have done really well on our season did you guys no yeah you guys just had no, like we the really pool. didn't no you, we were in the water but nothing where you had to swim yeah they had like that in-ground pool that you guys would jump in sometimes right yeah it was it was beautiful that fabio peed in ground yeah <laughs> um, so yeah so uh, for jervis i thought this was very 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 uh questionable decision there yeah. um He's how about really some, excited how, for the how win. about any of the other returning players uh, that I, I know that we have a, a mutual friend in Adas. What did you think that? How did you think he did on his return back to Survivor? Good, quiet, which is good. Yeah, but I yeah, I mean, he just seemed solid and helped Jervis live, and that was nice. Yeah, uh, yeah, well, no, I thought he did well. I I I love Tyson. I think Tyson's hilarious. I'm excited to see more from him. I think ah, just I know you, that same edit. You know, you know, there's more to come for both yeah. of them. A Tyson fan too. Wow. Oh yeah, uh, Tyson's really funny. He's he's very funny. Uh, what did you think of Otis's uh, left-handed compliment that he gave to uh, Laura Boneham? A boy, I I wish your husband was here right now. I caught that. Yeah. Everybody was really disappointed about that. Man, they were looking forward to Rupert's work ethic. <laughs> They're like, we didn't want you. We wanted Rupert. Yeah. Oh, yeah. poor, poor Laura Boneham. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, will it be awkward uh, when the favorites tribe votes her out for the whoever is the third wheel then on Redemption Island? Whoever is the third. I mean, a little bit, a little disappointing. I just, you know, it's this is one of those things where you go back and go, what if Rupert had been able to play the whole time? You know, I mean, I have a feeling she's going really quickly. I yeah. think that. He did what, her any favors necessarily. What What if you were in the position of being the third person on Redemption Island with Rupert and Laura? Oh, and Laura. Wow. I think I'd make my own little camp. <laughs> You'd go. Maybe give them some, give them some tropical privacy on those yes. flat boards that he was liking so much. Oh, uh, if you were in Candace's position on Redemption Island, would you have been more of the worker person trying to do stuff or would you have been more of the Rupert uh, mindset and just like l- lounging around all day. I thought that was really interesting because with Candace, I, I understood why she was doing what she was doing because you want to eat and drink and you have really nothing else to do. So that builds your energy. I don't, I think I'm more the Candace than the Rupert, but maybe somewhere in the middle. I don't know if I would have been quite that ecstatic about serving Rupert three meals a day. <laughs> Probably not. 
<laughs> but maybe that's Not that could that be that could be a good job for uh, Mrs. Rupert when she gets to Redemption Island. Oh, that's gonna be good. I I haven't even thought about that, Rob. You're way ahead of me. Yeah, we'll, we'll try to think ahead here. Um, how about any of the other returning players? Have you ever had any interaction with Tina? Yes, love Tina. I think she's awesome. I I have a feeling she could do really well. I yeah. mean, if she can just kind of hang in there physically, I think she'll do really well. And she's so likable. She's one of those people that's like a great listener, easy to talk to. So I think she could, she's got a lot of, like you were saying earlier, women in her age group and in her age group. <laughs> yes, in her demo. In her demographic. Um, Kim, is it true that all the Survivor winners have a pact that they will never target another Survivor winner if they go back on the show? Is I that tr- not, true or false? I have not been included in that pact. <laughs> Is it, so maybe that means something for me. Is it? Oh, it's that it's everybody except Kim. We have to watch out yeah. for Kim. I'm gonna be that first person out. <laughs> yeah, I think. Yeah, I don't think that Tina and Otis will uh, go against each other. I think that they. I, yeah, well, they I think help that, each other. I mean, in this, uh, it helps to have another winner around. Yeah, I think Tina's big on that. The winners have to stick together, especially after Survivor All Stars, where the winners were targeted. Yes. She wants to protect Bless against the heart. defamation of winners on Survivor. Yeah. Sure. They don't no, have I, I think it would be smart for them to keep each other around for sure. Yeah, I think so. Um, anybody else? How about Laura Moret? Have you ever run into her? I haven't. She seems cool, though. I mean, her daughter seems cool. I don't yeah. know. I really don't have a, a vibe. Like, I remember seeing her face and I recognize her. I don't know if I didn't follow that season or which season was she on? She was on Survivor Samoa. She was no, with. I did see that with Russell. Yeah. So she went pretty early? No, they, she went... You know what it was? It was that Russell's tribe was so bad to start that they went to tribal council all the time. And then the Russell Swan tribe, they basically won every challenge. And I always feel like you never really get a good handle on a tribe when they keep winning. So yes. then they merged, and then she was around for a little bit. And then she was like the, you know, the third or fourth person out after the merge. Yeah, she kind of seems like a little saucy, like she'll have some things to say, which I like. I think that's yes. good. I don't know if that's true. <laughs> I don't know. We'll we'll, I, we'll go with it. We'll go with it. Um, Kim, would you ever want to play Survivor with Brian? I don't know. Not necessarily. No, no. I, I would not. I would not want to play Survivor with any of my loved ones. Yeah, I mean, I feel bad saying that. I don't think Brian wants to play Survivor. Period. Or with me. Or at all. So I don't think we'll ever run into that question. But no, I just to me that like it kind of I don't know. It's like it feels like a conflict of interest. Like I would have a hard time focusing on doing what I was there to do with him there. And I would be worried about him (laughs) because that's how it would go. Well, it definitely was a weird position to put these players in because it's like you want to win the challenges. But at the same time, it's like you could be putting your loved ones uh, into danger. Totally. Well, and we were, I, we were saying last night, like the interesting thing about that to me was how Gervais, do you say Gervais or Gervais? I say Jervis. Jervis. And so neither Jervis. Okay. So interesting that Jervis, um, you know, because of the way he reacted at the end of the challenge, his loved one went home. So it kind of, that to me was something I hadn't really thought about. Like, is there a punishment for, you know, if perhaps you act poorly at a challenge or you hit somebody too hard or piss somebody off, then they're going to, take it out on you by sending your loved one home that night. I mean, that kind of makes you want to be really careful. 
Yeah, I think it's going to be really interesting to to follow. I, I kind of like this because it's like we have to, you know, we all know the game so well and we love to get to talk about it. But now it's like, okay, now there's like an added level to it. And it, I, to me, it seemed, it's fun so far. I'm, I'm enjoying... Yeah, it makes you think about new things. Yeah, because what I had said on our Survivor Know-It-Alls with Steven was I'm not so sure I want to send Marissa to Redemption Island because she's somebody, if her and Jervis switch, and, and that's probably the least likely group to ha- swap, but if for some reason, then you know Jervis is like, oh man, I feel so bad that I switched. Uh, or that I got you voted out. So if if he were to go to Redemption Island and yeah. she comes back, like she's going to be a real tough customer to deal with as a member exactly. of the other tribe. Just like John not sending Culpepper home last night to face off against Candace is, you know, it, I just think it's, yeah, there's a lot of moving parts. Does yeah. that make sense? Yeah, uh, absolutely. So I yeah. think it's, I think it's going to be a, a very fun, uh, fun season to watch how it, uh, how it all plays out. Do you have a pick for the winner, Kim? I haven't thought about that. Who did you pick? I picked Tyson's girlfriend, Rachel. That was my, That's that was who my I pick. Love. She's oh. probably my favorite right now. Oh, well, now I feel. I also, okay. So I would say I would have to go Caleb or Rachel. Yeah. Well, I feel like the problem with Caleb is I feel like at some point, sooner or later, Colton's going to find himself on Redemption Island. And I feel like Caleb is going to be very oh, chivalrous and really take, Kay- take Colton's spot. And then I think Colton is going to end up on the on the new player tribe. If that happens, I hope Colton just says, no, Caleb, I'll stay. I sunk my own boat. Just <laughs> no. let me lie in it. <laughs> yeah. Well, that, that'll be uh, very, very fun to watch. And I actually, I think that a loved one will win this season. What do you, what do you think of that? Do you th- think that the loved ones have a chance or will they get smoked like when we've seen it on fans versus favorites? Yeah, I don't know what feels different about this to me than a fans versus favorite season because I know it's basically the same thing, but it does feel different. And I do already feel like the loved ones are, have a strong showing. They have a strong presence, strong personalities. And I feel like they're going to be a huge part of this season, whether one wins or not. Okay. All right, Kim, are you ready to take some questions from the listeners of Rob has a podcast? Always. They have a lot of, they have a lot of good ones. They're always All so right. sweet. Let's start with Aaron Shaw. And he wants to know what would this season be like if Tarzan and his wife was out there? What is, what was the uh, Tarzan's wife's name? Terry. Terry. Okay. Yes. And they have a quantum entanglement. So they have, it's a love fest. Yes, it was. It was a love fest. We had Tarzan on our Rob has a podcast holiday special back in December, and he read a holiday poem about a very romantic Christmas that uh, Tarzan and his and Mrs. Tarzan. Yeah, he has interesting boundaries when discussing Terry. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Well, I went to Tarzan's house recently in Houston, and he has nude photos of Terry painted on the walls. There you go. And they also are just very, very connected. So they don't like to be apart. So she actually met me and then he was at the airport picking up Troy's Ann and they called each other literally probably every every like two or three minutes. So I just feel like they would have a really hard time being there together, but not being together. Yeah. Did you Instagram any of the photos of Mrs. Tarzan or paintings? I didn't. I didn't feel that that was appropriate. <laughs> that was not appropriate? Okay. No. I, mean, I just need to follow Tarzan himself on Instagram? I don't believe that Tarzan has an Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> what? what? Uh, who else? There's so many people from Survivor One World. Who, did, who else did they miss out on having back from your, from your season? I think Chelsea would have been great, but that's a personal preference. <laughs> Does she me, have a good obviously. loved one? 
Yeah, I think like Chelsea has her dad is really over the top, really funny, really loud, pretty abrasive at times. I think he would have been hilarious. She's got a really good looking brother that's really athletic. Um, other people that would have been funny from our season are good. Troy, Troy would have been great, right? I think. Yeah. Who would Troy's hands of loved one have been? Well, I Could think he, it probably would Giselle? have been his brother, Todd, who was supposed to be his loved one that, you know, missed getting to see him by like a day and he was devastated by that. So he's a he and my sister like really didn't get a lo- along on the family trip and um apparently he's pretty he's quite a character. So All right, Kim. Jordan Kalish wants to know, do you think that do you agree that four with nine equals out and five (laughs) with nine equals in? And did this logic affect your game on Survivor One World? It did, and that blew my mind. There was just something it hit me for the first time what that really meant. Uh, and I think it was just seeing it visually and then hearing it at the same time. Yeah. That was very, that was very good. That was uh, funny. Yeah. And and do you agree five five with nine equals in? I agree. Absolutely. Yeah. Five with nine equals in. There's no doubt. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Eric Nelson wants to know, do you think a survivor one world alliance will form? Is it possible you got all three of these people on the same tribe? Colton and Monica, you're shaking you're shaking your head no. You don't I would think- just be really surprised. I think they're all very well, <clears throat> maybe not Monica as much, but Colton and Kat are such like just combustible people. I can't imagine that they're gonna be able to form a peaceful alliance that it would be able to make it through two days, much less thirty-nine. So Monica maybe with somebody. Maybe. She gets in with the right group. <laughs> Uh, well, yeah, especially if Kat and Colton are going to be hitting each other with the oars from the canoe. That's not going to be good. He did not want her to tell him what to do. <laughs> yeah, it's not good. All right. So on the Survivor One World subject, TJ Bronley wants to know, between Kat, Colton, and Monica, who has the best shot as a returning player? All right. Of your three former castmates, who do you think is going to go the furthest? I think Monica. Monica? I just think she, yeah. I do. I I feel like she has the the most. Um, she knows. I mean, of of the three, I think she knows what to say, when to say, better than any of the others. And so that's just my guess. Yeah. How Maybe, about I mean, the? Oh, okay. Well, that's. I wish that's, Kat could, but I, I'm worried that Kat will talk too much. <laughs> all right. Well, Sean Fox wants to know who would win in a fight, Cat or Colton. All right. So we saw them and get into a little bit of a feud yesterday. Physical, you know, comes to blows. Colton. Yeah. No, here's the thing about Colton. Colton is surprisingly athletic and he just has that extra little like he kicks it into this gear and he just gets so mad and so upset. And I mean, I don't know if I remember being surprised how athletic he was. It's it's kind of shocking. Yeah, I have to say, in you know, I have all these uh, pictures of the survivors up when I do these uh, podcasts, and I and I have noticed in the photos, I think Colton does look a bit stronger. He looks oh. like uh, he has been he has been working out. Well, uh, I didn't notice that. No, not not <laughs> that there's anything wrong with me with me noticing that, Kim. No, uh, I'm not insinuating that there was. Yes, but I do th- I do think that Colton. I don't remember him being. He looks to be in better shape than the first time around. You have a keen eye. <laughs> and I also think that Colton has a mean streak, and I think he would do like a poke in the eye and pull yes. hair and scratch. And I, I don't know if Cat would necessarily be willing to go there right yeah. away. You have to go there if you're going to win. <laughs> yeah, I think, I and think so. And he will. And he looks he, stronger. 
He would play dirty. I, I've been told. Yeah. I do have to say, though, uh, I'm, I think Colton, it was, uh, I don't know what he was thinking with the sideburns. I think the sideburns were a little too long, Kim. Another thing I didn't notice. <laughs> yeah, I think so. <laughs> I, was not a, I was not a fan. Um, how about uh, Katrin Stutz wants to know, do you watch Big Brother? Now, I know that you don't watch Big Brother, but the she wants to know the thoughts on the uh, the show or season that she would do a crossover to, uh, as in would you, would you go and appear on Big Brother or The Amazing Race now that Hayden has broke down the barrier between Survivor and Big Brother? Yeah, sure. Really? I mean, yeah, I'd, I'd like to watch Big Brother before I officially commit. I mean, I don't know if you guys, are you asking me, like, officially to go on Big yes. Brother? Yes, yes, <laughs> as, as a spokesperson well, for CBS. Well, baby first, and then I'll go on the, the next season. Yeah, I don't know if, you, if you'd like the Big Brother as much. I don't know if I would either. You'd I'd be good at it. Grace. You would be good at the Big Brother, though. I don't know. I think I think you would because you you're low key enough where you you just gotta sort of just ride just, out I mean, the storm it's best over. To just sleep the whole time. Yes, that is that is a very effective strategy. That's to what sleep. Hayden told me, so I yeah. would just go with that. Basically, sleep like the first sixty or seventy days throughout Big Brother, yeah. and then you gotta make some moves at the end. But yeah, it's it's not as uh, much as intensive uh, as like it's it's not it's more mental than Survivor. Mm. Yeah. But I do think I think Hayden could do well. I think that I do too. I think his game translates well from Big Brother to Survivor. And he didn't quite come across like himself last night to me. He just I think he's gonna get better. Yeah. I think that he just doesn't have his feet under him. I think that yeah. that Hayden through three days was just sort of like, I didn't know it was gonna be this hard. Yeah. And you know how when you asked me if I would want to play with Brian, that's how I would imagine Hayden probably feels about Kat. Yeah. Like He's kind of has to worry about Cat and figuring out Survivor at the same time. John Radich wants to know, in Survivor history, all female alliances, like in Survivor One World and Micronesia, have fared much better than male alliances. What do you think are the main reasons for this, and how do you think Brigade 2.0 will do? Now, Brigade, of course, was the all-male oh, alliance. that. Okay. Well, that, The Brigade was the all-male alliance that Hayden was a part of on Big Brother 12. But we've never really seen the all-dude alliance really uh, run the table. At least not one that has more than three people. Last yeah. season, the Amigos tried to make a run. Well, what is, <laughs> Why can't the, the men get together? We saw the Roosters on your season. They, they couldn't keep it together. I mean, I guess I don't... Uh, my thought is that it's probably just that men tend to... More, more often, I think men are leaders or want to be leaders than... You know, a lot of times, like with a, an alliance of women or with a group of women, you have like one that's a strong leader or two that are different kinds of leaders. And you have more girls that are willing to follow than men that are willing to follow. Perhaps. Okay. I, I think so. I think that, you know, I think there's also something to like, you know, girl power. That's OK. But like when you start getting into like, oh, let's manpower this. Let's uh, bros <laughs> before hoes. Like you just come off looking like a douche. Yeah. And it, it doesn't it doesn't ever work yeah. out. And maybe right. they start to see that and their image is more important to them. Nicole Troyer, Nicole Troyer wants to know, Kim, how did you like Brad's comment about the latest winners being the weak women and Cochran? And, uh, not that. <laughs> yes. Yes. So, uh, so obviously you're not John Cochran, so you must be one of the weak women. Yeah. I'm fine with it. It doesn't really offend me. <laughs> 
did I took note of it, you know, and I, I can't say that somewhere deep down as, as I was picking my favorites last night that I didn't take that into consideration when I was hoping to see Culpepper's Alliance of Five fall apart pretty quickly. Yeah. Did you and Sophie Clark and Denise Stapley and, and Cochran get on like a a joint uh, text message and start bashing this guy? Yeah. No, not yet. But that's a good idea. And I don't have all their numbers. So <laughs> maybe you can text them to me. Yeah. Um, John Radich wants to know, uh, could Kim tell us what animal each contestant looks like? I don't want to spend too much time on this. Uh, could you give us, oh, do you have one strong animal take? on this season is there anybody not counting the one world people is there anybody that you think uh i need to see pictures that's the problem okay maybe on twitter you could yes thank you i'll do that yeah um this is from uh june sakahira who wants to know i believe colton's exit was a turning point in one world uh do you think he could do better this time he better make it to the jury so do you think that colton could improve on his performance from survivor one world yes absolutely i think colton has every opportunity in the world to improve upon his his performance from one world so i i agree. i hope he'll go further i hope even if he has a bad episode next week maybe he'll turn it back around even if it's a little roller coaster ish yeah yeah Can't- Kim, I always felt like that point in Survivor One World where Colton goes out of the game, that was sort of like the sun set on Colton's game. And I felt like that was when the sun came up on yours because I know you were you were probably doing good stuff, but you just were not featured prominently on the show up until Colton was gone. And then that's yeah. sta- that's a, like, oh, totally stealing my thunder. You I really- stole all your airtime. Is, is yeah. that what is, is that why you're picking against Colton to win the game this season? Picking against Colton? Yeah, yes, but- there's still some... I mean, that was hard to get to see him get so much airtime. You know, I really wanted that to be me, so... <laughs> there's a lot uh, of hurt. Yes. Uh, Travis Orton wants to know, Kim, do you feel like you had an intellectual advantage over almost every cast member on your season? And do you think your strategy would have worked on a different season? I definitely don't think I had an intellectual advantage over everyone on my season. I think there were plenty of smart, clever people on my season. And I don't know. I don't know that I would have used the same strategy on a different season. I just went and tried to make the best of what I was given. And so, you know, I can't even answer that question. I might suck on a different season and and don't know. If, I don't think that, you know, I, I'm like some brilliant mastermind. I just I went well and I, you know, played my cards well. So I, I have no idea. I would like yeah. to think so. <laughs> All right. So you're you're not willing to say that everybody you played with was dumb? No, they're definitely not dumb. I don't know where everybody got that idea. <laughs> There's plenty of smart people on my season. Would you like to have yeah. everybody on your season take an IQ test to sure. how that will that will help? I guarantee you my IQ is not is probably average of the group. <laughs> okay. Um, put money on it. Yeah. So um, Tyler Sloan wants to know, uh, if you were on a season with a Redemption Island twist, how would it impact your gameplay? So would that change anything for you if you were on a season with Redemption Island? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think there are a lot of things to think about with Redemption. I don't, you know, I don't know specific examples because I'm not there and I don't have to think about it. But it kind of does add this other little, you know, thing that you can ping things off of if you have to if you get in a bad situation you can 
you know, consider other options or this is really becoming a very vague, awful answer, but, but yes, I do. Uh, Stephanie Harris wants to know, weren't you arrested by mistake? I was, Stephanie, by mistake. <laughs> so I what, ha- what happened? I arrested. Yeah, that's what Richard Hatch said too, Kim. No, this is for real though. <laughs> so what? So what happened? So I went to the DMV to change my last name from Spradlin to Wolf on my driver's license. And then they handcuffed me and they took me to jail for eight hours. And then they finally let me out because I paid my bail. And then I called the county that issued the warrant for my arrest. And they said that I wrote a hot check to an Allsup's, which is a gas station in the panhandle of Texas during Christmas two years prior when I was like in Colorado on a ski trip or something. So long story short, they misidentified me and... They cleaned my record. <laughs> so, but were you really there for a ski trip or, or the, what was the mistake part? Did they have <laughs> everything the wrong? That's not the important part of the story. The <laughs> oh. part I got arrested and I had to eat a bologna sandwich and pee in front of everyone in jail. Oh no. Yeah. Yeah, well, what's the difference between jail and survivor? There's really not very, I mean, it's <laughs> cold. You have to lay on the hard ground. People aren't wearing underwear. <laughs> oh no. Yeah, There's it sounds it, it sounds a lot like Survivor. Bad. Yeah. Did anybody Same recognize though. you when you were in jail? Yes. <laughs> you did get recognized? Immediately. Yeah. While I was having to give them my belt and I was getting patted down, the guy goes, Hey, aren't you that girl? <laughs> I was like, No, no, I'm not. <laughs> but I get that all the time. <laughs> yes. She's much taller than me. <laughs> but wouldn't that have helped you you in this case of mistaken identity? think so they there's no you can't there's nothing you can't get out of jail there's that's what i thought it was funny for like four hours and then i called brian from the collect call and said it's not funny anymore i really want to get out can you call somebody so how did they clear this up um well as soon as i called the the county and said hey i spent eight hours in jail yesterday you guys issued a warrant for my arrest she said acted really awkward and said can i call you right back and then she called me back and said it was a mistake i don't know how to tell you this it was actually my fault it was a clerical error mm-hmm no, that's it. That's it. That's it. Okay. I mean, just say, hey, we're <laughs> they sorry. Didn't, they didn't reimburse me my bail. I had to pay an attorney to get it off my record. It was a nightmare. Oh, my God, Cam. Yeah. Uh, and was this before or, before or after you were pregnant? After. Oh, no. Oh, no. Before. before. Oh, okay, good, good. Um, <laughs> so um, Thomas Forsey wants to know, whose reaction to winning a challenge was more annoying, Jervis or Troy Zanz? Ooh, I'm gonna go Troy's hand. <laughs> Jervis. But maybe didn't... it's just because I was there. Maybe if I'd been there in person. Because honestly, when I saw Jervis, I thought it was kind of weird. But I didn't feel like my immediate reaction wasn't to jump to where the that tribe got. Like it didn't piss me off, and I didn't think, oh, he's a you know sorry winner. Because I know how that feels when you win. You're excited, and you just like jump up and down and hug people. Um, and yeah, but then I remembered that he couldn't swim, and that kind of. Yeah, maybe feel, yeah. Up. Um, if if Troyzan's niece was on your tribe and <laughs> Troyzan had started yelling about this is my island, would you have voted his niece off the island that day? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and I would have said, give the message to Troyzan as she walked off. <laughs> is that what you would have said when you held no. up the card? Yeah, no, no, we would have been in an alliance, and I don't you think Troyzan has a niece that's old enough to play Survivor. But if she, but if she he did. Then you would make an alliance with her and, and vote Troyzan out? Maybe, if she wanted to. <laughs> I think that'd be fun. <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> Let me ask you a question from uh, Mark Solera. And I actually, that our um, Rob as a podcast researcher has actually brought this to my attention this morning. Uh, how does it feel to be Russell Hance's favorite all-around player? Now, what happened last night? Russell Hance listed the top 10 survivor legends of, of all time, and you, and you were not on this list? Is that what happened? I thought I thought so, and I thought you responded to him and said, uh, "Hey, what are you how- using is <laughs> no did, did you right did, that you were you were engaged with Russell Hans on on Twitter recently?" Okay, this is on four twenty. Russell said, "My all time favorite player of all time is Kimberly is at Kim Spradlin, socially and strategically and physically a beast. She belongs with the best." Then yesterday he tweeted and said, tell me your favorite legends. And somebody said me and he was like, not a legend. And I said, wow, I mean, change of heart here, Russell. And yeah, then what is- you know, we went back and forth and I was just teasing. I don't care. I'm not a legend. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> so here, let funny. me, well, let me give the 10 players that Russell Hans lists as oh. his survivor legends from, okay. from Twitter, from this uh, September 17th. He said, not in any order. The 10 legends of survivor are one, Parvati. Two, Coach. Three, Rob. Now, I, I'm assuming Boston Rob and not I me. Know. I don't know. I wouldn't assume that. I'd ask. Let's ask for clarification. <laughs> Number four, James. I think that's a little suspect. A little yeah. suspect on James. Uh, five, Ozzy. Six, Jerry. Yeah. Seven, Rupert. Eight, Amanda. Nine, Hatch. Ten, me. So not me, my not me, Rob Sister, you know, me as in Russell Hans. So not Malcolm. No, Malcolm not didn't a, make it. No. Some some notable <laughs> snubs. Uh Malcolm, Cochran, uh yourself, uh Colby. Colby, another um I'm trying to think of the people that have been brought I know, back. I know. I actually I wouldn't put myself on that list. And I kinda of think that was just when Survivor was in a different era. Yeah. Like it had a different a different level of popularity. So Yeah. I think Sandra is a big snub from that list of the yeah. uh, the ten the ten legends of Survivor. But a little I bit just of think a... it's it's good to never call yourself a legend ever while you're alive. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. <laughs> Probably not. So yeah, so yeah, but I you've fallen out of favor with Russell Hans somehow. No, surely not. I don't see how. <laughs> <laughs> I think you you might have because you're not on, you're not on the no, list. No, I'll check with them and make sure. I think we're fine. <laughs> okay. All right. Okay. Well, we'll we'll bring you updates if Russell Hans okay. updates. Yeah. Let updates. me know what he says because I don't want there to be any misunderstanding. I was just asking. Yes, and and no Brandon Hans on the list either. Yeah. Exactly. What's that about? I mean, he's a legend. <laughs> He's, he's he is has done some he legendary <laughs> some legendary things absolutely um let me see uh let's do a, a a couple more um edward morris wants to know for somebody who should have won with a unanimous vote how did you feel about cochran being able to pull off that feat last season i felt great about it i mean i was like that part never bothered me, I guess, and never surprised me. So, I mean, I think that's good. I don't know. I, didn't, I haven't really thought about it too much, to be honest. Yes. Happy for Cochran. Happy for me. Yes. Uh, we, and you were happy. You endorsed Cochran's victory last season. Yeah, definitely. Yes. You guys were happy to welcome him to the winner's circle? Sure. I haven't talked to him since, but yes, absolutely. You're welcome, Cochran. Come on in, bud. <laughs> yes. You're doing great. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, f- fantastic. And l- this is from Brian Scally, who wants to know, uh, what does Kim think about the idea from the, for the five guys to vote out Rachel instead of Marissa? Do you think that there's anything to this idea of should you vote out somebody who has a really strong uh, loved one on the other team with the hopes that they then switch and then you could weaken the other tribe? Sure, yeah, but I think you could say that Gervais, Gervais, Gervais. <laughs> I say this is a little Gervais, bit of an odd, an, an no, you're right, you're right. thing. I always know I say it wrong. What Gervais. do you say? You say do you say Addis or Aris? I say Aris because I don't try that hard to pronounce people's names like that. <laughs> yes, oh, well, obviously that you're calling <laughs> Gervais, like Gervais. If I try to use the accent. Oh yes, well that's, that's I, like I'm no stranger say. to the feeling. Right. Yeah. Okay, so. Oh. I think that you could argue that Jervis is a strong player as well. It's not like they voted out, you know, I'm trying to think of an example. Hayden trying to get Cat out or, you know what I mean? Yeah. Do you think that... You're not listening to me anymore. (laughs) Kim, there's a lot of of balls in the air with trying to run this podcast. Rob, I want your undivided attention when I answer a question. Listen, if I if I wanted to have this conversation with a pregnant woman, I would hang up this Google <laughs> Hangout and go downstairs. Oh, I won't go there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let me ask you one one last question, and this is from Nathan Bayless, who says, uh, "Who's going to do the first BB Survivor Amazing Race trifecta? Who will get to the Triple Crown first? I guess uh, Hayden. Hay- well, well, Hayden has to get to oh, the Amazing Race. <laughs> yes. Uh, Hayden, who's done Survivor and Big Brother. Okay. Uh, there's Brendan and Rachel, who's done uh, the Amazing Race and Big Brother. Ethan and Jenna have done the Big Brother and the Amazing Race. Jeff and Jordan from Big Brother have done the mm-hmm. Big Brother and the Amazing Race. And also there was uh, this girl, Allison, who was the first one to go from Big Brother to... The Amazing Race. Who could forget? Who could? Yes. yes. <laughs> okay, I'm going to go Hayden because I think the big crossover is Survivor. So yes. I think, I, like, it sounds like a lot of people did the Big Brother Amazing Race thing and that that's exciting, but it's not as exciting as Big Brother to Survivor first yes. time. And then Hayden's well, just great. I think he'll, he would be one of those people. They would put him on over and over and over. And of course, Boston, Rob, and Amber also were on Survivor and then on The Amazing oh. Race. I just, I think they're done. They've retired. They're, they've retired, I think. I think you're right. I think that, that the Amazing Race is like basically it's like if you've hit like a double, a triple, and a home run already, and basically all you need for the cycle is to get a single, that's like having the, what Hayden has of the Survivor and the Big Brother. Yes. Basically, yeah, the Amazing Race is the easiest. Hope, hopefully I'm not losing you with the sports analogy. And I don't know if he has to go with Cat. I think that's another question. <laughs> <laughs> well, he would get whether or not he goes with Cat. He would he go. Would still... I get it. I get it. I just I'm I'm trying to figure out if he could win. <laughs> yes. Um. And ba- and based on your knowledge of knowing Cat and Hayden, if Cat and Hayden get to the end of the game, will Hayden propose to Cat at the Survivor finale? Honest answer. Yeah. Well, please don't lie no. to us. They're not ready to get married. Okay. Will anybody think, get? Tell us right now. Will anybody get engaged at the Survivor One World finale or Survivor Blood versus Water finale? Perhaps. I mean, we have a lot of options. All right. <laughs> yes or no? You tell me if they get engaged at the finale. Tyson and Rachel. Yes. <laughs> Colt, Colton. I hope so. 
<laughs> oh, Colton and Caleb, they're already engaged, right? Yeah, apparently. Um, who uh, who else is there? Uh, Arthur Christie. No, but they, oh well, I I meant from this season. Well, will Otis oh, get engaged? Oh. Will Otis get engaged at the finale? No. No. Um, is there any, any other options? <laughs> anybody? Anybody else? I don't know. Uh, I hope so. I hope so. It's hopefully always, not always Jermaine fun. and Marissa. Hopefully, hopefully not. So it'll be it'll be uh, exciting to watch as as we go along here. Um, Kim, I know we we spoke to you so much back in January for when we were going through Miss Survivor. Do you have any yeah, really any? Hard. I know, I know. We don't. We won't really get into hard. that. But with I know you've been through the process here. Do you see anybody that we haven't talked about this in a while on the podcast? from survivor 26 or survivor 27 do you think there's a front runner right now could it be corinne it could be corinne she could be a she could be in the running she could she could be in the running i can't remember anyone else now from that season <laughs> what about from this um, season who's the number who's the number one okay, contender okay, do they have to be single no oh they can be married well I mean, you were pretty close to being married when you were almost Miss Survivor. Right. I'm just trying to verify. I don't think I mean, I it doesn't become Mrs. If you don't become Mrs. Survivor. The whole Miss Survivor thing just was baffling. Uh, I think um, Corinne, <laughs> so you, maybe. Wait, then, are you saying you, you didn't win because you didn't understand the rules? Ex- exactly. <laughs> That's what I'm saying, obviously. <laughs> No, 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 no. I just, I never understood the premise and like what it was, you know, but it's just, it's a popularity contest. Yeah. Okay. So do you see anybody from Survivor 27 that you think could be a front runner? I think Kat should be in the running. Yeah. Well, she'll be in the running. Okay. She'll be in the running. Well, I'm saying I think she could do well in the running. There's a difference okay. between well, especially and then running. Yeah. Especially uh, with the Hayden crowd behind her, she could be a, a force yeah. to be reckoned with. Yeah, maybe Rachel. No Could telling. Could, okay. No, no telling. Well, this will be exciting to watch. We'll keep we'll keep an eye on this uh, as we go along here. Kim, thank you so much for coming. It is always a pleasure to talk to you. I think you've done nothing but enhance your chances to become a Rob as a Podcast Mount Rushmore guest. I don't even want to get my hopes up. <laughs> don't, don't even get your hopes up. <laughs> when is when is your baby due? Are you are you saying? Sure, January thirtieth, which is my birthday. Oh, okay. Well, that is, yeah, that's, it's a good thing that, that, that's right around the time we do Miss Survivor. So it's a good, it, it worked oh out gosh. to be, you know, everything happens for a reason. And maybe that's why it didn't work out because you would have right. been tied up and unable to participate in the You're 2014 right. crowning. No, I'm glad you said that. Yes. God has a plan, Kim, for all of us. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, Kim, thank you. Thank you so much. Any, anything you want to uh, tell people to check out? Where can people watch oh, you on? I am. Uh, the only thing, I'm writing San a blog this year for Global TV. Oh, for in in Canada, yeah, yeah. All right, and what kind of one. so what, if you like to read blogs, <laughs> it's about yes. survival. Yes, and, and what kind of stuff will you be keying in on in your blog? I don't know yet. I'm about to write the first one, so I'll let you know. <laughs> okay, well, hopefully, we worked out some good material here yeah, for your blog. For sure, it'll probably sound a lot like this conversation. So <laughs> good. You don't just read use... it if you listen to this. <laughs> You could just transcribe everything. That'll be perfect. Perfect. And, well, good, and, luck, good luck with your birth. Oh, th- thank you very much for that. Yeah, Thanks. any day now. By the way, uh, uh, is there still some confusion with the other Kim Spradlin on on Twitter? I guess. Yeah, at Spradlin Kim. 
Yes. Don't follow that other loser. No. <laughs> I don't know what that person's doing. Is it true? Crazy. Is it true that the arrest warrant was for the other <laughs> Kim Spradlin on Twitter and that's who they were trying to? <laughs> that's a good question. I'm going to should... look into that. That's going to piss me off a lot. If that's you should thing. tweet them and say, hey, I had hey. to do eight hours in jail for you. Yeah. What did you buy at Allsup's that was so important that I had to go to jail? Yeah. All right, Kim. Well, thanks so much. Take care, okay? You too. Talk to you soon. All right. Bye. All right, everybody. There you have it. That was the one and only Kim Spradlin. An excellent appearance here to kick off the start of Rob Has a Podcast for Survivor Blood versus Water. We've got a lot still coming up here in the second half of the show. I'm going to get into all of your voicemails and feedback that you've left, and plus check in with the other survivors on social media, as we like to do after our interview every week on Rob Has a Podcast. But I want to tell you guys a little bit about our sponsor for today's episode. I mentioned it at the top of the show, and that is Squarespace. Now, if you're wondering what the heck Squarespace is... Uh, Well, Rob has a website, and having a website is a big pain in the butt, uh, except when you work with Squarespace. What Squarespace does is takes all of the hassle out of having a website and having to learn all sorts of coding and WordPress and all sorts of things that really just make it not fun, that you don't really care about other than having a website. You want a website so you can either show off your stuff that you're making or creating or that you want to sell stuff, and Squarespace lets you focus on that. And then you could leave all the nerdy tech stuff to everybody over at Squarespace. You can sign up for a free account without a credit card and just to try it out and mess around with things, see what your website could potentially look like. And they're giving away a free trial if you go to squarespace.com, which is a 14-day trial. And then if you decide to purchase the website that you're playing around with, they've got a special offer for the listeners of Rob Has a Podcast, which is 20% off the first purchase on a new account. And that promo code is RHAP9. So they've also got free domain registrations for annual plans. And you could also take a website that you currently have that's a WordPress site and then they can convert it to a Squarespace site, and you can try that out as well for free. So go ahead, check it out. If you've been waiting to get a website up and running, but you don't want to deal with any of the hassle, give it a shot on squarespace.com and check out our promo code RHAP9. Okay, so let's get into some of the fun stuff now. I did a bad job of reminding you guys about our voicemail leading up into the show, and then I was trying to get the word out on Twitter this afternoon, so I apologize for that. So let's both not forget for next week, if you want to get your comments and jokes and questions that you want to hear answered on the show, go ahead anytime during the week or after the episode, leave us a voicemail for Rob Has a Podcast. That number is 323 282-RHAP, 323-282-RHAP, or you could do it online from your computer or your iPhone or your iPad or whatever. You can go to robhasawebsite.com slash voicemail, and you could leave us a message, and we'll get into that. All right, season number eight of Rob Has a Podcast, episode of Survivor number 400. I can think of no better way to kick off the voicemail segment then with my good friend, Ori Kohav. Take it away, Ori. Hey, Rob. It's Ori Kohav. 
Tina and Laura claim they voted for Candace because they don't know her. Are you buying that? Because I'm not. I bet they just couldn't take the risk of Candace betraying her tribe again. Also, what's your bet on who Jervis voted for? All right, good question. You know, they used to say, don't bro me if you don't know me. How about don't vote for me if you don't know me? So, yeah, I think that was a lot of BS that Tina and Laura said, yeah, we just don't know you, uh, Candace. Otherwise, we would never vote for you. I mean, do Laura and Tina know each other? I mean, I think you could go down the line. There's probably a lot of people who didn't know each other. I think that because Candace came in at the last second, she replaced RC. She's a wild card. And I think that's why they ended up voting for her. I like that. I forget who said, uh, yeah, I would love to get a cup of coffee with you and get to know you better sometime. It's like, yeah, okay, well, thanks. You, you Basically, you're blowing this chance to get to know me right now. I'm not going to go after the show and go have a cup of coffee with you. Now, as far as what Jervis did, I would guess that Jervis voted for Candace, but I do think it was messed up that the show didn't show us the votes that were left there at the end. I'm not sure if they showed us all of the votes that were cast by the tribe of new players, but I kind of feel like, I mean, if everybody else had to show their vote, why shouldn't Jervis have to show their vote? I think that's a bad job by Survivor of missing a chance to possibly create more drama. Now, we talked about this a lot also on Survivor Know-It-Alls over what was the vote that Adas cast because it looked like he had a couple things scribbled down. I've had a chance to look at it a little bit more since Survivor Know-It-Alls. It looks like he wrote Candace two different ways and then crossed it out and wrote Jervis. But I think that there was had to be more to that because maybe he felt like Jervis wasn't going to get pissed off if he did a vote for him. But I don't know why. It doesn't really make a lot of sense either because Jervis was the one who was going to stay in the tribe. And it's like, I'd rather piss off Candace, who's going to Redemption Island, rather than piss off the guy who is hanging out there in the tribe with me the rest of the way. But I'm sure we will get answers to that as we go along. So let's go to a Matt Forsyth. And he has a question about the way that the merge might go on this crazy season of Survivor. Hey, Rob, Matt Forsyth here. How do you think these early alliances will be affected when the tribes merge? For instance, will this five-person guys alliance join with their loved ones to create a super alliance? Or do you think the pre-existing alliances will just dissolve once the tribes merge? Thanks. Bye. Yeah, I think that's a really interesting question and not one that we've talked about yet. You know, the more and more we're going forward with this format, like I am starting to dig it a little bit more because I feel like it's we're having a lot of interesting strategic discussions. Whereas if this was a regular season and there was an alliance of five new strangers that got together on the first day, we'd be like, oh, my God, this is boring. These guys are going to stick together. They're never going to turn on each other and whatever. This is this bro alliance that's going to go forward. But it's complicated. And I think that the more complications you have, to a degree, I think will probably make for more interesting stuff to talk about. And the more stuff we have to talk about, the more fun it is to podcast. So I am liking this right now. Now, as far as the five, the group of five, what's going to happen? Yeah, I don't think that this is a very tight five. And I don't even know if, I'm sure maybe what they're all thinking in their heads is like, hey, this five is great. Then 
Well, let, let me go through one by one. I think Brad Culpepper is probably saying, hey, this five is great. Then when we get to the merge, we'll bring Monica into this. I think that Dr. John is probably thinking, oh, boy, uh, I really dodged a bullet here. I'm lucky Candace got voted off on day three or she goes to Redemption Island. At least I have this backup alliance to fall back on. I've really done a good job here. Hayden is probably saying, hey, let me just ride out this brigade because this is, you know, and then we'll figure out what we get when we get there. Caleb is probably in that same boat and Vetus is just along for the ride. So probably the only guy who's really saying, hey, I want to just add my plus one to this group of five would be Culpepper, a.k.a. Brad Culpepper. So it's going to be interesting to watch. And it's going to be also that this group of five is like, if you make an alliance of five here in the game, did, did all five of those guys like make a pact? Like, hey, I'm not going to go. When we go to Redemption Island, I don't care if my wife is out there or my my fiance or whatever. I'm, st- I'm going to stay loyal to the five. Or is it like, let's say Monica gets voted out the next tribal council and Brad Culpepper goes and takes her spot. And now Monica is on this tribe. Now, does the person who who tags in, do they have to automatically be loyal to the alliance? Like, is Otis part of the five if he ends up taking the spot of Vetus on Redemption Island? So I think that's also going to be an interesting thing to watch here. So I am liking, you know, at first I was like, ah, I don't know about this, but I am so far I'm on board with the twists of Survivor Blood versus Water. All right, here he is. Another great one. Here's Brian Hickey. Hey, Rob. It's Brian Hickey. Just wanted to ask a question about players like Jervis or uh, Dr. John who might have lost the loved one already. Might they be a little in a better position, like much like we saw with Big Brother, um, people who lose, who, who are alone out to the end? Could that work with Survivor this year? All right. Uh, thanks, Rob. You have a good one. Just like what we were saying from Matt's voicemail previously, that I think this is another interesting twist. And I do think that people who have a loved one in the game, I think that is going to be a threat later on. If Tyson and Rachel are both in the game, I think you say, boy, I think we got to get rid of one of this pair because they have two people. They have two people left. They have two shots at the money. They have a voting block that's not ever going to break. And I just use Tyson and Rachel as the example. You could use any of the teams as an example. So I do think that's going to be interesting. We were talking about this on our preview show that we did with the Rob has a website.com bloggers on Tuesday night. And the question I had asked was true or false. The final four is going to consist of two pairs of two. And everybody had said false. They don't, nobody thinks that two pairs are going to get there in the end. And it'll be interesting to see if pairs stick together because they say, Hey, we need to keep our, you know, three sets of two strong. Let's make an alliance of six or will the six people who already lost their loved ones, hey, we need to watch out for each other. We need to keep an eye on each other's back. So why don't we make an alliance? So again, more interesting stuff, more stuff to talk about. I, I like it. And I think it remains to be seen whether it will be an advantage or not to not have your loved one in the game with you. It's one less thing to worry about, too. And if you could get far enough where you get the loved one on the jury, I think that's really the win-win where you don't have that threat and you have somebody on the jury who's going to vote for you. Okay, here is voicemail number four. This is from Jesse. Hey, Rob, this is Jesse from Halifax, Nova Scotia. Huge fan of the podcast. 
my question is, regardless of what Rupert or Laura believe, do you think Laura was voted out first because of the wrath of Rupert or because she appears to be the weakest physically on the loved ones tribe? And as a side note, I think it's pretty hilarious that Rupert and Candace are sharing an island alone together after Heroes vs. Zone. Thanks. Yeah. As for the motive as to why the returning or the new players decided to vote out Laura, I think it was probably a combination of things. I think physically she doesn't look like she's going to be a beast in the challenges. I think that's part of it. I also just don't think there's a lot of love from the returning players for Rupert. I think that the returning players see Rupert as sort of just sort of out for himself, out for camera time. You know, they maybe they're saying, what chance do we have to win America's favorite if Rupert is here? Hey, this is my second chance. He's on his fourth chance. Why does he get brought back so much? So I think that there's probably some jealousy. I don't think that Rupert really associates a lot within the Survivor community with the other players who were brought back for this season. So I just think he's not super popular with this group. And I think it was more of a fact of the new players probably weren't going to vote off Rupert because he brings a lot to the table in terms of his strength in the challenges. He's probably an asset for the returning players. But for the new players, it's like, well, we could potentially... We we don't love Rupert. We don't know if his wife is going to be good in the challenges. And if it potentially hurts Rupert then maybe that's an added bonus to it. And I don't know if anybody thought through. I guess they didn't know that they were going through Redemption Island yet. So maybe, I guess on some small level, they said, okay, well, we don't want Rupert to do well. Let's hurt him a little bit. But I think it was more that they didn't think that Laura was going to fit in with the group and they didn't think that she was going to be a huge asset in the challenges. And as far as Rupert and Candace on Redemption Island, I love it. I wish we could see more of that. That is, if Rupert and Candace remained on Redemption Island for the next couple of weeks, I would be okay with that. If Marissa is the next person to be voted out, and then we have another three days of Rupert and Candace on Redemption Island, that's okay with me also. I would would like extended stays on Redemption Island for Rupert and Candace. That could be the show for me. Sort of just put like they're sort of like in the Matt Elrod zone where they're on Redemption Island together for like 17 days. I love it. Okay. And now one more question. This is uh, JC on the Culpeppers matching hats. Hey, JC from Tennessee here. Wondering why several of the survivors had baseball caps with the letter P. What's that stand for? All right. Well, JC, this was a good question, and a lot of people had this question, so I had to actually do some research on this. And it turns out that the Culpeppers, Brad and Monica, are wearing a cap with the letter P on it, and they are paying homage to Plant High, where their son Rex is the quarterback of the football team. So it is their son's high school team, uh, the Plant High. I don't know what the team name for Plant High is, but they are big fans of uh, Plant High. And we will keep an eye out on the future draft stock of Rex Culpepper. Rex, don't call me Dante Culpepper, the quarterback. So let's get into a little bit of what was going on on social media and all of the Survivor news for the week. 
One of the new things that we also started up over the summer is if you are guys are familiar with the website Reddit, we started our very own RHAP subreddit, which is basically, it's sort of like a bit of a message board where you can up and down vote links that you like or topics that you uh, would like to hear more about. I used to really like on Facebook that we had a really good good community where people could start conversations on the Rob Has a Podcast Facebook page. Now they've sort of changed it where it's mostly like I could put up updates, but it's very difficult for other people to be able to post stuff that other people can see. So I want to have a place where you guys can post whatever you want. If it becomes popular, then it's the kind of things that we can talk about on the show. Whether it's a theory or whether it's a link or something funny, then definitely go and share it on the RHAP subreddit. You can get there directly by going to robhasawebsite.com slash reddit. Or uh, if you go on reddit, it's slash r slash RHAP. And I am really enjoying the Reddit. You guys always have very funny stuff that you uh, like to share. Here's something that came across my desk last night. This is from uh, one, of, one of our listeners, uh, Josh Kalick. And he covered a poker tournament. And in this poker tournament, the one and only Boston Rob Mariano came in third. And this was at the IP Biloxi Circuit main event. So congratulations to Boston Rob on his third place finish in the poker tournament. So that is from uh, this week. And Boston Rob, well, continuing his winning ways in poker. Somebody buy that man a can of drop top soda pop already. So if you want to check out that link, I will post that on the show page on robhaswebsite.com if you want to read Josh's article that he interviewed Boston Rob uh, during the poker tournament where he came in third place. Okay, so let's get into some of the HOI stuff for this week. And I have to say, I felt like the survivors were a little off their game with the social media. It's been a little bit of a love fest so far, not like the first episode of Survivor last season where you had everybody going after Andrea. So maybe what has to happen is we need to see the favorites go to Tribal Council before we can start to see things start to really get testy on the social media like we like. But we'll report the news to you guys no matter what. And let's start off with a Shane Powers survivor tweet, which I think may or may not be a first. I'm going to say that it certainly is, at least for this segment of the show, Shane Powers at the Shane Powers tweeted, awesome start to Survivor. Very glad Boston and I aren't going through that. John, you're effing whack. Hashtag blood versus water. So I don't know if I would call that effing whack, but I would bet that he probably got an effing whack uh, when he got home from Survivor Blood versus Water if Candace is indeed not the winner of the next uh, immunity challenge or Redemption Island challenge. So uh, from Adas Music, he tweeted, not feeling so good about the first episode Boston Rob was only mentioned once. So he's already been mentioned once on this podcast. So a good start, I feel like, to the new Survivor season. Also, we had Malcolm Freeberg, who is tweeting up a storm as part of the CBS promotion for Tweet Week. Him and Parvati were uh, tweeting away with Jeff Probst. Malcolm had one tweet, which was particularly good. He said, watching Candace stuck with Rupert makes me almost appreciate only being stuck with Philip. 
almost hashtag survivor. So a good job for Malcolm in his post survivor Caramoan tweeting debut. This is the first episode in over a year that Malcolm is not on as a survivor contestant, of course, uh, either as a contestant or as a member of the survivor jury. So the post Malcolm era is upon us and we can only hope uh, it is filled with exciting survivor like the Malcolm on Survivor era was. One other thing that I saw today that was pretty cool, there was a video up on EW.com that was about Cochran and his journey on to being a writer on The Millers. And so it's a pretty funny video showing about what Cochran's office looks like on the soundstage. And I will post a link to that as well on robhasawebsite.com. I'm very excited about this season. I'm very excited about the podcast over the course of the next uh, couple of weeks and all through this season. It should be a lot of fun. We are in the planning, initial planning stages of potentially doing a Rob has a website or Survivor Know-It-Alls live show at some point this season. I, I'd love to hear from you guys about this, and I'm on the fence of whether we could pull it off or not. If you are in the LA area and you would be interested in attending a live podcast at some point, which would be at a comedy club, uh, I, have ha- I have the opportunity to do this, and I just want to get a sense of if this is something people would want and would attend. So if you are interested in potentially something like that, Sometime in November, let me know in the comments or shoot me a tweet and let me know if you would come out to see a live version. And basically what it would look like is I think we would watch Survivor together as a group and then I would have a panel of some great Survivor players and we would do a live podcast and talk about the episode. So if you think that sounds like something that could be fun, definitely let me know about that. I'm also going to... Now, my schedule is getting a little crazy now with the baby coming at, at, you know, literally at any moment. So, again, all of these podcasts and everything that we're going to do is very all very tentative. But I was checking in on this, and it seems as though the deadline for survivor applications is October 17th. So, basically, it's a little less than one month away, and people have asked if I was going to give out or work with people one-on-one on their survivor application tapes. So I think I'm going to uh, set aside some time to do this with people. If you're interested with this, I think I'm going to just limit this to 10 people over the course of the month. I don't want to overextend myself and then potentially uh, run into problems when Nicole has the baby. But if you're interested in that and you want to read more about what I can do, uh, go to robaswebsite.com slash pimpmyvideo, uh, pimpmyvideo, sort of like pimp my ride. That's the link. And I am willing to, I I do one-on-one consultations with you on if you need an idea for your survivor application video or you want to talk through what you should do. I I feel like the people who I've done this with have been happy with this service. Also, uh, Big Brother Canada is also accepting applications right now. So if you'd like to work with me one-on-one, I'm going to see talk to just a couple people in the next in the next few weeks because I don't want to just have too much of a logjam when I need to go off the grid eventually when Nicole has this baby, which we're very excited for. Another thing that we started in the fall, I don't know if you're not haven't been listening to our Big Brother coverage. If you're an NFL fan, uh, I started a podcast a couple of weeks ago with uh, former NFL great wide receiver Terrell Owens. 
And we do a podcast called Time Out with Terrell Owens, and that is on the SideshowNetwork.tv. So if you want to listen to my weekly recap with Terrell Owens and Alonzo Bowden, who was the winner of Last Comic Standing 3, we do that podcast every week on Tuesday afternoons. You can subscribe to that on iTunes as well. It's uh, Time Out with Terrell Owens. Okay, so... That is going to do it for this week on the Survivor Podcast. I have a blast doing it every week. Love, love, love hearing from you guys. So always let me know if you're appreciating the show, what we could be doing better, and start using that. Rob has a website or Rob has a podcast subreddit, and we I love the more and more help I get with stuff that you guys want to hear about. That's exactly, it makes me feel better because then I know what you guys want to talk about. It makes my life easier and makes you guys happy. So, Really, thank you guys so much. Have a great rest of your weekend, and we will be back on Sunday night. We're covering Breaking Bad, the last couple episodes. I will be live on Sunday night with Antonio Mazzaro for our episode uh, negative. Well, I don't want to get into like day zero type stuff. We are two episodes from the end of Breaking Bad, so I'll be covering that with Antonio Mazzaro on Sunday night or maybe Monday morning. So just keep an eye on that on robinswebsite.com. And then on Monday night, I will be previewing the next season of The Amazing Race with Jessica Lease, our Amazing Race chief correspondent. She is going to, uh, her and I will do our previews and predictions for this next upcoming season of The Amazing Race. And The Amazing Race podcast will be much more like the format that we've done with Big Brother over the summer, where Jessica and I will be live every Monday night talking about the episode, and we will have amazing race guests with us as well over the course of the season or as many as we can get so have a great weekend everybody and we will talk to you again soon take care bye